and welcome to the Purple Chair. I'm Trisha, and Christy is actually on vacation, a well-deserved vacation with her husband. And I just felt it was important instead of skipping this week, I had something on my heart that I really wanted to share with all of our listeners that I know it may really speak to something you've experienced in your life. I do have my sidekick, my husband, that will be chiming in as we go along, but I just wanted to share what was on my heart today with all of you. What do you do when you feel like God didn't answer your prayer? I've you know, been experiencing this a little bit recently, and I thought we would talk about it today, and I would kind of talk about how I've been feeling and how I've been able to kind of navigate through the waters. I'm not talking about like prayers for like a new home or a bigger home or a nicer car, maybe a Mercedes or God, give me a million dollars that will fix everything. That's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. I'm talking about faith-filled, fervent prayers of heaven. Like you're praying diligently for somebody, for something, for God to answer a desperate prayer, something that's a burden, that's been a burden to you. Something that you wake up praying about, you think about all day long, that you know you can't do anything within yourself, that it has to be God. God prompts you to pray at any given time. And when you see that things continue to go the opposite direction of what you're praying, it just is devastating to you. And you hold on to God even tighter. You know, the kind of prayers that you know that only God, only God can answer. There is nothing you can possibly do to answer or to fix what is going on. When the outcome is final, after you've prayed, prayed, sometimes you've prayed for years, sometimes you've prayed for months, and the outcome is final of the situation that you're praying for, it seems final. You just feel like someone just punched you so hard in your gut that you have literally had the wind knocked out of you. Do you understand the kind of prayer I'm talking about? It leaves you so stunned you even begin to replay everything over the time period that you've been praying for it. What more could I have done? Did I not say the right prayers? You're questioning every part of the whole entire situation. We've even questioned the very God that we prayed to. We prayed with such passion. We even made petitions to him that, God, you can even take from us to to give to this person or to fix this or to heal this person. And you're desperate. You're sobbing. You are, you just, you're, you're completely undone to get this prayer answered. You're sobbing day and night and it still didn't work. And then you start questioning yourself. Who am I? Is any of this real? Is, is there something that I'm missing? You know, we've, there's so many things that I've prayed for in my life and God has answered. He has been so faithful, but when it's that one thing that you just don't understand. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, God always answers our prayer. It may not always be the answer that we are looking for, but he always answers our prayer. He always hears our prayer. And so um, just because God's answer um, was maybe no to your prayer doesn't mean that he didn't love you enough. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so God knows beyond God knows beyond our today. 
the Bible says he's the first, last, the beginning, and the end. So he has seen forward, he's seen the past, and he is in the present. And so if he is in all places, he knows what is ahead of us. And so when God's answer is no, it's always for our good, even when it don't look like it. Even when it don't feel like it. Even when it doesn't feel like it. And you can't say that God's not a good God because he didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to answer. You have to have faith that God knew what was best right? in that moment. And it doesn't matter what the moment is. I, I've had people ask the question, well, why did this two-year-old child die from cancer? Right. When we prayed so fervently for this child to be healed. Well, the child is healed. You know, when they took their last breath, they were healed. The Bible says that he gave them a new body. They'll never know sickness ever again. They'll never know cancer again. I think the 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 truth of the matter is we we hang on more to what we can touch mm, and less good. into what we can't see. That's good. That's good. And and I think that especially like for me, you know, in what I've been going through recently, I just wanted so bad because to see somebody hurt that I love was so uncomfortable. And I knew God can do it, but God is all knowing. So he knew the whole situation. He knew he knew from the beginning of the end of this situation. He knew way even before it was a situation that he had a plan for this circumstance and he had a plan for the people involved, their lives. And when we question that, we really are only seeing one perspective and we didn't we didn't form this situation. We didn't form these people. We didn't you know, we're not in charge of their lives. But but God has a perfect plan, whether we can see it or not. And sometimes it will unfold even after the circumstance seems final. There are things that will unfold that will cause him to get glory in the situation, in the midst of the sorrow or the grief or you know, the lost love or whatever, whatever the situation may be. Romans eight twenty four says, for in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he can already see? And so faith is, is part of prayer. The Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says, without faith is impossible to please him. And for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is also a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I wonder sometimes if we only seek God when we want something mm. and we're not seeking him all the time. And so the Bible also says that the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent, which means it's it's not just when we want something, but we are constant communication with God all the time. And so we are fervently seeking God and we are fervently praying, not just when we want our need met. And so I think that's the importance of living a life before God that is a consecrated life that that is not just in the good times. Right. You know, and it's not just we're praying in the bad times. Right. But we're constantly seeking God because we don't we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. You know, if you've ever been to church, you've heard that said. And so we need to come to the place where we hold firmly. I think Hebrews chapter three, I think it's verse 14 
says, we have come to share in Christ that if we hold firmly to the end assurance that we had at the first, then when we first believed, if we will hold on to that all the way through, you know, that's our faith. That's, that's our, that our, our prayer. What, what do you do when what you've prayed for doesn't come to pass the way you think it should have? You hold on to your faith. Right. And I think for me in the situation that I've been going through, I am, I'm an intercessor. I pray all the time. I'm constantly praying. And this situation that I've been going through really caught me off guard. And I think it almost startled me because I have enough faith for me, you, and, you know, anyone else that needs it. I will be there and I will be praying and agreeing with you. And, you know, I was shaken by the the way that this all played out. And so immediately I could, I thought, gosh, how people who don't have Christ or who don't know Christ must feel when you have no hope at all and nothing is going right. Nothing seems to be going right. And we encounter those lost souls all the time. And, and I feel like, you know, maybe God did awaken me to something more something more that I needed to see that, you know, in this particular situation, I didn't see the whole thing and um, I didn't know every aspect. And so I have to just trust that he is all knowing and he did what he needed to do. But wasn't that even Jesus's prayer in the garden? Yes. Father, my prayer is that you, you would take this cup from me. That I wouldn't have to die on the cross. That I won't have to go through this suffering. That I won't have to go through this pain. That I won't have to go through all these things. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. Right. And so if we're Christ-like, we have to have the same prayer that Christ had. My prayer is that you would do X. But if you don't do X. I still trust you. I still am going to trust you in everything. Right. Here's the crazy thing, because we even have to come to this place. God, I'm still going to praise you and thank you. Regardless. For answering no. Right. And not just praise you when you answer yes. Because you love me more than I can even love myself. And you know what's best for me. Because it all goes back to the the end result. God knows what is ahead. Mm -hmm. And what is ahead may be worse than the current circumstance that happened. Right. And so where you see, God, you failed to answer my prayer, God says, I answered your prayer better than you ask it. Mm, that's good. That's good. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I felt like that's why I wanted to bring this to the purple chair, because I know if I felt this way for even the smallest moments of time, I had those initial thoughts, then there has to be other people that are questioning the same thing, like, why? And I do. I mean, I, I know that I've pondered and looked for understanding when I do like have a friend that lost a child and I've had several and it basically takes my breath away too, because I feel like, oh God, if that ever happened, how would I, how would I survive? You know? And I know that I would, and I know God would be faithful. I know he would, and he would comfort me and he would bring me peace But it doesn't take away the pain or the sting of what has happened. And there there was pain for Jesus, too. And I think sometimes we don't remember that in processing of our own pain, that it said that we will go through the same thing that Jesus went through. There's nothing ever that you've gone through that you will go through that he did not go through. 
Right. And he, and he we forget that sometimes. Grief. He bears our sorrows. He bears everything at the cross. He bore all those things for us. There is no temptation. There is no sin. There is no anything that he was not tempted with. There is no feeling that he did not have. There is nothing that Christ did not go through that you will ever have to go through. And that's why we can take everything to him. Right. Everything. That's why Psalms 91 says that we can come up under the, the, the shadow or the cleft of the rock, the shadow of the almighty. We can come up under his wings because that's where you find your shelter at. When you're going through something, when, when it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, the Bible says that we can take it to him and he will bear our grief and bear our sorrows. Right. He will bear it all for us. We just got to put our faith, hope, and trust in him. Right. And going back to, to what you said a few minutes ago about how, how can a person who is not saved, how could they go through this? And there's a verse in, I want to say it's Proverbs, that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness, how dare we trust sweet refrain, but only lean on Jesus' name. And so you're right. For a person who is not saved, you know, who do they turn to? They really have nobody to turn to. Right. They can They can go to counselors. They can go to grief specialists that can go to all these different people. But at the end of the day, the only person that can bear that sorrow, that grief and that pain is Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, that's, that's the only thing. And that's, you know, I always feel so bad. And I'm sure that like part of this process, because we, you know, I'm always asking God to take me deeper, show me more, you know, let me, let me understand. And so sometimes going through the process of, that what we've asked for, God is just equipping us and preparing us to be able to help other people, to lead other people to him. Everything comes back to him. Everything begins with him and everything is going to end with him. And everything in between goes back to him. And I think, you know, that is something that has been so profound to me processing these emotions and feelings and just, you know, the gut punch. But at the end of the day, what I'm so encouraged by, and Jesus was also the example for this, he overcame and he was victorious. And I know that after the pain, after all of this, you know, I don't want to say settles, but after this, the sting is gone. There will be victory. You will be an overcomer. I guess I have a question for you, prophetess. When you see in the spirit an outcome one way, but it goes a different way, how do you respond? With prayer and asking for understanding and wisdom. That's the only thing you can do. And that's that's where I've been in this circumstance of just the impact of the outcome. The impact of the outcome has been so significant to me personally even and it, it didn't even happen to me but I was believing so much for for this circumstance to come out differently and you know it just kind of took a different turn and I had to process through all of that but the only way to process through all of the emotions is through prayer and I do know there will be victory. We will see victory. Even if we can't right now, we will see victory because the story and the outcome has already been written. And we just have to trust God in the process and to give us understanding and to gain understanding. Yeah. Second Corinthians 4, 
18 says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. Exactly. And so our faith has to be in the unseen. Even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. We can't back down. We can't retreat. We have to continue to stay focused and move ahead. And I know people hate to hear that, but it is the truth. I mean, it truly is the truth. You can't stop moving in the midst of crisis. Right. Thank you, babe, for joining me in the chair this week. And thank you listeners for joining us this week. I hope that this encourages you and helps you understand that these circumstances come to all of our homes at some point, sometimes several times, multiple times, and you can make it through it. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have any questions, please make sure you inbox us. And as always, we just appreciate our listeners and thank you for tuning into the Purple Chair.